the time to preach to us this morning on how to get a blessing. Everybody would like to be blessed, wouldn't they? Wouldn't you like to have a good blessing? But it depends on what kind of blessing you want. You know, in this world we live today, everyone seems to be so self-centered that all they want is a blessing for their self or their family, but it's always me and mine. And sometimes we need to look at others and pray for them that they receive the blessing. So today I would like to just take this time because Jesus told us how to receive a blessing, and I'll tell you that toward the end of the message. But in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and he said unto him, what did he say? Ask what I shall give thee. In other words, what do you want? What do you want, Solomon? And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. In other words, you gave the throne to me, and I am going to be the king over Israel. You appointed David to be the king, but now I'm going to be the king. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David, my father, be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. That's a lot of people. And Solomon knew that he had a job set before him. A mighty job. So Solomon could have prayed a lot of ways. But in his prayer, in his answer to God, here's what he said in verse number 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge this thy people that is so great see Solomon recognized and I believe God dealt with his mind because he recognized that he had to go out and face the people and then he had to come back in and make decisions. And that going out and coming in, God, I can't do this alone. And I think when we get to the place in life that we realize that we're really nothing, thank you, Sister Crane, except a ball of dust. We're just a dirt ball. Now, when we recognize that, then we know that we don't have the power within ourselves to do things. And we can bring ourselves under the power that's supposed to be, under God. Amen. 
And he will work through us to make us what we should be. Now, Solomon, we have to understand what was taking place here. Solomon was at the altar. And he was offering, and I I find this so hard to believe, but I believe it because of Scripture, that he was offering a thousand sacrifices. Bible says, if you go back up and read from 1 down through to 6, and we started at verse 7, he, he was offering a thousand burnt offerings. Now, Solomon knew how to get a hold of God according to the law. See, there's certain ways you get a hold of God. Thank God for the dispensation of grace. Because we don't have to go through anybody. All we got to do is call on His name. And He's there. But we have to call on Him. We have to present ourselves to Him. Now watch. I I don't really know about you, but... I know and, and I, I honestly believe that these 1,000 burnt offerings as a sacrifice, it would take a long time. Maybe you don't understand the offering sacrifice. He didn't just bring 1,000 bullocks or 1,000 sheep or 1,000 doves or 1,000 pigeons. He just didn't bring them up to the the, uh, altar and say, here men, this is your job, take it and do it. No. See, there's an order. According to the law, there's an order that you have to go through. And I think of this, ever since I started reading this this week, I, I thought, Man, a thousand offerings Solomon had to offer. How long does it take us to offer the sacrifice that God told us to offer in the New Testament? I want you to think about this because in Romans 12 and 1, you'll see the scripture that says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Paul's talking to the church. He said, But the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice. There's no more dead sacrifices. Now we have to present a living sacrifice. And he said, uh, How to present it holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Now, a lot of times, preachers will emphasize so much on the holiness. But I want you to understand that in order to present this body, this living body of ours, God doesn't want it dead. He wants it alive. So that means He wants you breathing when you're presenting this body. But he wants it a certain way. Acceptable.
acceptable unto God. How do we get this body acceptable to God? Well, we're going to talk about a little bit about that. But first, I want to take you to that order, that order of sacrifice that uh, in Leviticus 1 and 4 through 9, and, and uh, she don't have to put it on the screen, but uh, I, I want you, I'm just going to bounce through some of these, some of the order that was necessary for the priest to go through in order to get the sacrifice to God. See, it's important that we understand how the law worked so we'll know how the New Testament church age should work. And if we're going to be acceptable to God, God's got a way that he wants it done. And listen, first of all, the first part of this sacrifice, whoever was offering the sacrifice had to bring it to the altar. And when they brought it to the altar, the Bible says that they had to put their hand on the head of that sacrifice. Now there's a reason for putting that hand on the sacrifice. If you study, you'll find out that when you put your hand on your sacrifice, you're saying, God, everything that I have, everything that I do, I'm putting it in this sacrifice. And I'm extending my hand to this sacrifice that's going to go to that burnt offering. And it's going to be offered to you for all of my life and all of the things that I've done. This is my personal sacrifice. This is it. Now understand that Solomon done that 1,000 times. It took a long time for him to get through that 1,000 pieces of sacrifice. Second thing that in order of the sacrifice, the sacrifice had to be killed. They had to kill the sacrifice. Now when the priest took the sacrifice to kill it, then they had to catch the blood in a container. And they took the blood, the third thing that they had to do, was sprinkle the blood all around the altar. Yeah. Hallelujah. I wish I had about three hours today to just preach this message on this sacrifice. But I, I, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to run quick. The sacrifice must be then, after it's killed, it had to be filleted into pieces. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I don't know if I can get through this. And then the fire had to be built a certain way. In the altar, the wood laid a certain way. Everything. See, God has an order. My God is a God of order. He's always been a God of order. I don't know why people think they can do it their own way. Find out what God's way is. Let's do it God's way. Because when you do it God's way, you're going to get results. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. The filleted pieces, the head, and the fat, they put them in order 
upon the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. And then the inward parts, the legs, <laughs> the inward parts and the legs, they must be washed with water. All the sacrifice must be burnt as a burnt offering unto the Lord. Then I wonder about how much God considers your sacrifice. When you run up to an altar and you bow down and you say, Oh God, and you're gone before you ever get the last amen out. Hello? It takes time to prepare that sacrifice. When we come to God, we need to make ready this sacrifice we're going to give to God. We need to make sure that God is listening. You know, God loves praise. And I've always said your first 10 minutes of prayer ought to be nothing except praise to God. Because you're going to get His attention when you start praising Him. I've told you many a time that in my lifetime, managing factories, factories with more likely 80, 85% women in them. And I found out a long time ago, you can beat your brains out trying to get a woman to do something. Or you can be nice and say, my, you look nice today. My, you're doing a great job. You can pat them on the back even when they're doing a lousy job and say, you know, you're really doing a good job today. They'll bend over backwards to help you. You know, there's something about that, friend. We need to take a lesson now and then on how to present this gospel to people. When you present your body as a living sacrifice to God, You're not only presenting it to God, but you're presenting it to the world also. And it takes time to get this thing together and molded the way God wants it. And He will mold you into the thing that you're supposed to be if we'll let Him. So I go on with 2 Colossians, or Chronicles, I mean. 2 Chronicles the 11th verse of that first chapter. And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked. Look what he said. He said, Solomon, you didn't ask for wisdom, or you didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for wealth. You didn't ask for honor. You didn't ask for life. For your enemies, in other words, take their life. You didn't ask uh, for a long life for yourself. But all you asked for was wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge for thyself. That thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Solomon You know, it's what you ask for. It's how you ask. It's, we live in this world today 
that is so self-centered. Everything is about you. Everything is about our families. And God wants you to take care of your family. But friend, he still wants you to put yourself in a position that you can help others. Hallelujah. Listen to the 12th verse. He said, wisdom and knowledge is granted unto you. I'm giving it to you because that's what you asked for. And I will give thee also riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall any there any after thee have the like. None before you, none during your reign, and none after you is going to be like you. Solomon, you have the wisdom. And then if you go on and read a little bit in that same chapter, you'll find out he used his wisdom right off with the woman, the two women that had the baby. But listen, friend, Jesus was teaching one time. And Jesus was teaching the Gentiles to seek after him. See, the Gentiles has always been a group of people that has their minds made up. They got to have this and this and this. And they can't see the long picture. So many people in this day and age cannot see Beyond their natural setting. We was at a birthday party last night. And they were talking about cell phones. And some of the things that cell phones are doing in our uh, surroundings today. And some of the features of those cell phones. And friend, my mind went immediately... To the end of time. Because I I just keep my mouth shut most of the time when I'm in a group like that listening. Because people are so surrounded by the things that are convenient for them. That they're losing the big picture of what the devil is doing to zap all of us at the same time if he gets away with it. But again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if we come to the place in life that we're going to see what God has for us more than what the devil has for us. Yes, I have a cell phone. Yes, you have a cell phone. But use it wisely. Because if you don't, it's going to be a trap to you. You can go in a store I'm telling you the truth, and you know it. When you come out of that store, you automatically get a text that says, how was your experience in blank, blank store? How did they know I was in there? Friend, I'm telling you again, be wise as a serpent. Because if you're not, You're going to be caught up in this stuff. Listen, Jesus 
began to teach the Gentiles to seek after him. And right away, the comment was made, well, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? The three things that we worry about in this life. You see, we've got to have clothes on our body. I wish they'd practice that in the summertime. We've got to have food for our body. We have to drink. If we don't, we'll become dehydrated. You see these things, what about that? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? And where are we going to get our clothing? Jesus said, God knows what you need. It's important to know that Jesus said, God will give you all the things you need if you do one thing first. Here it is. Here's the whole lesson today. See, Solomon knew what he had to do. He knew according to the law, he had to go to the altar. Why don't we understand that concept? You know, when we have a problem, we need to go to the altar. It doesn't mean this altar in this church. Your bedside can be your altar. One guy told me one time, well, I use my car as my, my altar when I'm driving down the highway. Hogwash. You can pray while you're going down, the hall, down that highway, but honey, you can't get serious with God driving down that highway because there's too many idiots on the highway. Amen. Now, you're not going to sit there and tell me that you can use your car as an altar where you can get in tune with God and you you can lose yourself in the spirit and the spirit can come in you and you're driving down the highway or watching all the traffic? No. What did he teach us? Lock yourself in your closet. Find yourself a personal private place and get a hold of God. And when you get a hold of God, let him speak to you. You know, a lot of times it's a one-way message with God, with us. Our prayers are constantly going up and our our asking. And we're constantly saying, God, God, please, God, help me. God, do this. God, do that. But when do we become quiet and listen for the answer to come back? That's where it really plays into the part. When we let God speak to our hearts. See, we can do all the talking. That's what I tell Sarah sometimes. My wife's daughter said, you do all the talking. Your mom sits there and listens. You want, Once in a while, you all listen to her. But see, some people just talk. They talk, 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 talk all the time. Because really, they're afraid of what you might say. Conversation is both people talking. One talks, one listens. The other talks, the other listens. Use the same concept when you're talking to God. Give Him what you want to say. But then sit for a while and listen 
Find your place, that private place where you can sit and listen to what God said. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse number 33, as Sister Crane and the singers come back, he says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. The first thing we've got to do is seek God in His own kingdom. The word kingdom again, I tell you over and over so that hopefully you understand it. It comes from two Greek words. Kingdom. Uh-huh. A domain. Uh-huh. So it's a king that is a ruler over a domain. A domain can be a person. A domain can be a, a, an area. A domain can be anything. Uh-huh. So when... We seek God when we seek after Him. When we seek that kingdom of God, what we're doing is seeking after a domain that God rules in. And that's that domain is that body, or the Holy Ghost should rule over us in that body. Jesus will have control over you if you'll let him. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I can't seem to get it off of my mind when Solomon walked up to that altar with a string of animals, a thousand of them. And one at a time he put his hand on the head of it. And he said, this is my sacrifice. And I've got 999 more of them right behind this one. Amen. Friend, it took a long time for him to do that. The next time you find yourself at an altar, wherever it might be, in your home or at the church, You make sure that you take the time to offer that sacrifice the way God wants it. Because it has to be acceptable unto Him. And being acceptable to God means that He's got to say, Yes, I'm happy with your sacrifice. And if He's happy with it, you'll see the results. You'll see the power you'll see the Spirit of God come down on you. Friend, what I'm saying to you today is, if you want a blessing, there's a way to get it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Because when you find that kingdom of God, that Holy Ghost that will come inside of you and rule in your life, when it takes control of your life, You'll walk with God. You'll talk with God. You'll be there. You will first things first. You'll want God in every decision you make. Amen. That's right. When you make the right decisions, He'll be there to lift you up. Amen. Yes, he will. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise